0: From Blue Wire Studios today. So you're ready for the August premiere. Blue Wire. The Denver Nuggets select Michael Porter Jr. But I'm gonna make sure that this pick is this organization's best pick they've ever made. Four six eyes. Jokic. Put it out the... Jokic a nice. Welcome in to a new edition of the Rocky Mountain Hoops Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I am your host, TJ McBride from MileHighSports.com, the home for all Colorado sports and coverage. And once again, we're going to get into the Nuggets push towards the eight seeding games. As you know, it's currently Friday about 1 p.m. as I record this, but basketball began last night, Thursday night, on TNT for two great games, the Utah Jazz versus the Pelicans, which came down to a last second um, foul drawn by Rudy Gobert with free throws to ice it, as well as a LeBron... Freaking destroyer of worlds moment in the Lakers Clippers game that followed it where LeBron hits or misses the potential uh, go-ahead bucket, grabs his own rebound, and then puts it back in before shutting down both Kawhi Leonard and Paul George on the same possession as regulation ended to give the Lakers a win. Ridiculously fun basketball to start things out, and even more important, it was so awesome to see how much the NBA prioritized Black Lives Matter, not just on the court, not just things like that in terms of the players speaking about it, but even the broadcast. Ian Eagle and Stan Van Gundy were just absolutely impeccable in terms of the play-by-play and color commentary for this current situation and to hear their input and to hear the, their ability to prioritize the black lives matter protest as well as you know this movement that is happening as well as basketball as co-priorities not one over the other was just so fantastic to see and overall very very encouraging so good things from the start of basketball but the Nuggets do not play tonight. They will play Saturday morning at like one o'clock or something crazy. Um, they will take on the Miami Heat. The Nuggets practice today. We will talk about the Nuggets practice from today. PJ Dozier and Paul Millsap both spoke. We will take a look at the Western Conference standings right now and where the Nuggets are set up seating wise. We'll kind of play out a best case scenario for these Nuggets seating games. Take a quick look at the Nuggets versus Heat game, which is to come, and a little less than 24 hours before, of course... Answering some questions from listeners. Uh, before I go any further, this podcast is brought to you by Deal Dash and Bet Online and Terrapin Care Station. You're going to hear a whole lot about them going forward. Deal Dash will be first, then Bet Online, and lastly, Terrapin Care Station will be at the end of this show if you want to hear about what they are bringing to the table. Additionally, go subscribe to Greg Olson's show, Tight End One. It's a phenomenal podcast where he brings in tight ends that have changed or revolutionized the position and talk about. About it and discuss it, and honestly, it's been one of the most revealing and informative podcasts for p- football in general, and for me, as someone who played receiver slot and tight end when I played football, it was very revealing a very awesome conversations that he's having. So go subscribe to that. Make sure you're checking out Bet Online and Deal Dash and Terrap and Care Station. But we are gonna take our first quick break, and I'll be back on the other end to talk about the nuggets. <laughs> Have you ever heard of deal It's the best, most honest bidding site where you can win things that you would never expect. And what's even cooler is that it's at a price that you would never believe. They have over 1,000 auctions every day on electronics, appliances, beauty products, home decor, even cars. Here's how it works. It's like an auction, but every item starts at $0 and goes up one cent every single time you bid the kicker is the auction clock restarts after just 10 seconds that means every time you bid everyone else has 10 seconds to answer or the item ends up going to you for the price it was just at so this is how it's gonna work if you're listening to the Rocky Mountain Hoops podcast. If you go ahead and buy now, Deal Dash is offering my listeners an extra hundred free bids upon sign-up, and that is on top of their other discounts. Here's how you're gonna do it: go to deal-dash.com and use offer code mountain or type in deal-fm backslash mountain that is d-e-a-l-d-a-s-h dot f-m backslash mountain to get the free extra 100 free bids from just listening to this podcast go to deal dash dot com and enjoy those deals Okay, let's just get caught up real quick, because a lot of stuff just keeps happening, and because of all of these things that keep happening, we haven't really been able to get a broader picture as to where the Nuggets currently are. So, first of all, they had practice today, so let's just start with that micro sense of, you know, quote-unquote, where the Nuggets are at. And Paul Millsap and PJ Dozier both spoke today. Um Michael Malone did not speak today and they were these were the only two people that we spoke to but overall they were revealing conversations. Paul Millsap spoke very glowingly about how proud he was of the demonstration and how it signifies why these so many of these players are in this bubble trying to bring attention to the Black Lives Matter movement and systemic racism that exists all over this country as well as police brutality which consistently targets black and brown individuals in this country more than any other types of person. So that was very cool to see from Paul Millsap for him to give that moment to talk about just how cool it is to see them following through on what they wanted to do additionally um, he was asked what kind of edges may exist for teams in this bubble scenario and he had a very interesting answer he spoke about that teams who want to be there who want to make an impact who want to show what they can do whether on or off the court are going to have an edge in this environment because it is so unpredictable and I found that very revealing because it makes sense that if you have a passion and a motivation behind why you're doing something that is so unprecedented that you would have an edge in that scenario and if you aren't doing that if you are the sons or the wizards you don't carry a lot of that with you so it tends to be kind of just not wanting to be there anymore and it it skews the competitiveness so that was very cool i thought that was very interesting we'll have to see how it plays out in a more long-term sense but again Another revealing moment from Paul Millsap. Um, He then went on to say that he believes the Nuggets will be taking the seeding games very seriously. I have a lot of thoughts about these seeding games going forward. So you will be hearing me talking about the Western Conference standings and the best case scenario for the seeding games in terms of how the Nuggets can avoid both the Clippers and the Lakers until the Western Conference Finals in a second. But again, very interesting that he was so... um, emphatic that they want to be able to take hold of these seating games and make them very, very serious. He also gave love to Nikola Jokic for staying ready and also admitted he's played far too much golf while in this Disney bubble than he cares to admit. So that was the Paul Millsap portion of practice today. PJ Dozier also spoke for the first time today. Um, This is the first time that he's been able to speak to the media since getting into the bubble. He took part in practice today. He has cleared quarantine. Yada, yada, yada. Um, he spoke about how Jamal Murray is coming with a killer mentality, and he has seen that with him, and that there is a, a a very clear, not difference, but intent behind Jamal Murray's, I guess, approach to the game right now. And that's a very interesting thing to see, because P.J. Dozier obviously has had quite a gap of time from when he has been able to see uh, Jamal Murray to where he is now. So overall, that was cool to see. Also uh, also said he gained 15 pounds due to home cooking back in South Carolina, which, let's be honest, who during quarantine has not gained 15 pounds? But regardless, P.J. Dozier gained muscle weight. He did not gain fat weight like I have, and that's kind of the difference between pro athletes and us. Um, additionally, he said the whole team's been preparing and very, very locked in, and that Miami is going to be a very important first game for this Nuggets team, which I will also get into a little bit later. So, that's catching up in the micro sense of where the Nuggets are right now and how they're feeling about the games going forward. Let's now zoom out. Let's zoom way out, actually, and let's just look at the Western Conference standings, which seems a little bit repetitive considering that, you know, that should be a pretty simple thing just to type into your browser and look at, but for so long it's been talking about Bowl Bowl and where are all these players and how is this bubble going to work that we haven't taken the time to actually look at the schedule and look at the the standings and try and develop some thought processes as to what could potentially happen. So, Let's just start out by saying the Lakers are the one seed and that is not going to change. They are six and a half games up on the Clippers. The Clippers, after losing to the Lakers last night, are now one game ahead of the Denver Nuggets for the second seed in the West. Very, very, very important and I will get into more of that in a little bit. The other thing that I want to bring up when it comes to the Lakers and the, or sorry, the Nuggets and the Clippers is that the Nuggets and Clippers have split their two matchups this season, so their type breaker will come down to who wins the seeding game on August 8th between the Nuggets and the Clippers. Whoever wins that game will lock in the tiebreaker. So, the Nuggets being one game behind the Clippers, they are also one game ahead of the Utah Jazz, who are the fourth seed in the Western Conference right now. So, there are your top four, your quote-unquote, home-court advantage teams in the playoffs. Still, though, the Oklahoma City Thunder in the fifth spot are only a game and a half behind, and the Rockets are sporting an identical record as the Oklahoma City Thunder, putting them in the exact same scenario. The Rockets and the Thunder both being 40-24 and 24 and flipping back and forth is, it's going to be very interesting because I don't know how it'll change teams jockeying for seating position about who they might want to play instead of the other, but that could be an interesting race. Then you get to Dallas, who is a who is um, another game and a half back behind the Thunder and the Rockets. That puts the Dallas Mavericks five full games behind the Clippers and four games behind the Nuggets. And then you get the big fall all the way down to the Memphis Grizzlies, who are another seven games behind Dallas. And then you get to Portland, who are three and a half games behind. Um, Memphis. So, basically what you got right now is you have a locked seven seeds in the Western Conference. The Lakers, the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Jazz, the Thunder, the Rockets, the Mavericks are all almost assuredly going to make it. The Dallas Mavericks have not mathematically clinched their spot yet, but the idea that the Portland Trailblazers who are nine and a half games behind them, or eight and a half games behind them are going to somehow catch them is just not feasible. So, you have seven locked teams, and then you have the Memphis his grizzlies who are fighting with the Portland Trailblazers and the Sacramento Kings and the New Orleans Pelicans and the San Antonio Spurs for a possibility to get into at least that play-in scenario and try and make the playoffs. The Suns are also there, but they're an additional two two games back from both the Spurs and the Pelicans, who are a half game behind the Kings and the Blazers, who are three and a half games behind the eighth seed. So they're not necessarily in this race, um, but there is some kind of scenario in which the Spurs, Pelicans, Kings, or Blazers could make a run at this. That's where everybody is at. That's very, you know, cut and dry factual statements. Let's move on now to why this is important and what the best case scenario could be for the Nuggets. So, if you look at the bracket for how it plays out in the playoffs, the ideal scenario for the Nuggets would be to find some way to avoid both the Clippers and the Lakers until the Western Conference Finals and force those two teams to play each other earlier in the postseason as opposed to being uh, the premier Western Conference Finals berth. So, the only way, only way that that can happen Is if somehow the Clippers fall to the fourth seed, the Lakers stay in the one seed, and the Nuggets get the two seed. What that does is it puts the Clippers and the Lakers on the same side of the bracket, while the Nuggets would be on the opposite side. So then, in the second round, the Clippers would then play the Lakers, and the winner of that just gauntlet of a series would would then take on either the Nuggets or whoever they end up playing in the second round. That. That is a sizably better scenario for the Nuggets than it would be to play one of the Clippers or the Lakers in the second round of the playoffs, which is, I'm sorry, I hate to say it, but a very near lock for a loss of of a series for the Nuggets. It's just too hard. So, how realistic is it that the Clippers could somehow fall from the 2 seed to the 4 seed? Well, the Clippers right now only have a two-game lead and a two-loss lead on the Utah Jazz. The Clippers are also without Montrezl Harrell and Lou Williams for an undetermined amount of time, so there's a lot of uncertainty around the Clippers. Additionally, the Jazz need to start putting things together. So the idea of the Jazz catching the Clippers, it's not as crazy as I originally thought. It's not likely, but it's not crazy. This is where it gets really, really interesting, though the matchup for the tiebreaker between the Jazz and the Clippers is already over. The Clippers and the Jazz have already played three times this season. The Jazz have won two of those games. They do not play each other in the seeding games. So that means if the Jazz can force a tie, they will get the second se- or the third seed instead of the Clippers. So that is actually much more possible than I originally imagined. The reason that's an important distinction is because let's just live in a reality where the Clippers, in Instead, have the tiebreaker then it's not a two game gap for the Jazz it's a two and a half game gap because you have to beat the Clippers in terms of standings you can't just sit at the same in advance so that's a monumentally important distinction to make here is that the Jazz tiebreaker scenario for the Clippers is going to play a a potentially massive um, effect into this postseason so this is where it gets even more interesting because what this essentially boils down to is the Nuggets... Oop, sorry. FaceTime coming through. Declining. Uh, So, the Nuggets... They need the Jazz to win as many games as they can, and they need the Clippers to lose as many games as they can. It's a very tricky situation because the Nuggets are only a game ahead of the Jazz, so the Nuggets need to keep winning themselves. But if you're trying to reach that perfect point of where it's going to work and where you're going to be able to get the best possible path to the finals, that's the way you do it. And here's where it gets even more interesting. The Nuggets play the Jazz for, I believe, their fourth game of the seeding games. If the Nuggets decided that they were going to rest players that game and the Jazz win, and then the Nuggets go all in two games later to beat the Clippers, they will be doing themselves a favor by both, one, winning, two, helping the Jazz jump the Clippers, and three, beating the Clippers so that the Nuggets then lock up their own tiebreaker with the Clippers in that game. The Nuggets and Clippers have played twice this year, each team has won once, and the, the tiebreaker will come down to how that seeding game plays out, so the Nuggets actually losing the Jazz game would not be terrible, because here's the other part of this, if Denver falls to four compared to three, it doesn't change anything for them. There is no home court advantage, you're going to have to play one of the Clippers or the Lakers anyway, and both are just gargantuan problems for the Nuggets, so... If you're willing to roll the dice and be risky and try and create a scenario in which you have the best possible scenario to get to the finals, that's the way to do it. I, I I know it sounds insane that you might even potentially throw a game in these eight seeding games after, not even throw, just rest guys and let the chips fall where they may. If that does happen, it puts the Nuggets in a much better position, so... In, to sum all of this up, all of this chaos that I have now ranted about for like eight minutes, whatever the hell it is, the Nuggets need the Jazz to win, but not more than the Nuggets win. The Nuggets need the Clippers to lose, but not more than the Jazz lose. And if you can somehow find a way where the top four seeds finish Lakers, Cl- uh, Nuggets, Jazz, Clippers, then all of a sudden the nuggets path to the finals is just so much more clear than it ever was before so again this is all very theoretical and very um tin hat conspiracy theory charlie day in the in the mailroom sm- chain smoking cigarettes and losing his mind that is 100% where this you know scenario exists but it is real and it is possible to, for this to all play out but I digress. I am going to take our second break. I'm going to come out on the other end, and we will take some questions from listeners and look ahead to the Nuggets versus the Heat. Sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. Major League Baseball is finally kicking off this week, and there's no better place to uh, to start wagering than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Check out all of the odds, the futures, and props to bet on, and they're all available 24/7. And with the return of sports, Bet Online sat down with former pro players Eddie George, Harold Reynolds, and seven-time NBA champion. Robert Ori, see what they had to say on what it'll be like playing without fans in a series that they're calling pandemic Visit betonline.ag for all of your odds and up-to-date sports news. Also, remember to use promo code Blue Wire when to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code Blue Wire, spelled B L U E W I R E. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. All right, welcome back in for the final segment of the Rocky Mountain News podcast from today. Uh, as we talked about earlier in this podcast, the Nuggets seeding as well as practice today. Um, all of this is basically building up to what is going to happen tomorrow on Saturday when the Nuggets play their very first seeding game against the Miami Heat. P.J. Dozier hit the, nose, hit the nail on the head when he talked about how Miami would be the perfect matchup for them to get ready to go. He's right. I mean, it doesn't matter where the Miami Heat play. They are going to come in and they are going to punch hard. They do not roll over for anybody. They are here to attack. And all of their players represent that same thought process, whether it's Jimmy Butler or Bam Adebayo. They are going to get downhill and they are going to make Denver feel them. It'll be great for Nikola Jokic to have to battle with Bam. It'll be great for the Nuggets to be able to see how they're going to match up with a bigger, stronger wing like a Jimmy Butler, especially because he does take on so many point guard duties later in games for them. And The other thing is that Miami's defense is going to be hounding the Nuggets. How will they take care of the ball? Obviously, turnovers have been one of the biggest issues for the Nuggets all the way through these scrimmages, so there's quite a few interesting takeaways that I think are going to be very important in this game with the heat. So I do feel like this is going to be a phenomenal litmus test game for this Denver Nuggets team. They need to know where they're at, and they kind of need to get punched in the mouth to, like, wake up. For me, it's kind of like when people go snowboarding. Like All of my friends have this same thought process. The day does not start until you first fall, because it wakes you up. It, you know, startles you awake to a point that you are fully aware of what is happening, and you start taking more of a cautious and... um. I guess, dialed in approach. You're not doing too much or too little. You know what is needed to do and you focus on it. So I think that this, Miami Heat Nuggets matchup will do that for the Nuggets. It'll be that early morning fall when you go out snowboarding in that way to kind of wake them back up and remind them that yes this is NBA freaking basketball and these guys are not going to roll over and if Denver doesn't get to their best they are going to potentially struggle in these playoffs. So I cannot wait to see how the Nuggets play against the Heat tomorrow. It is a very early game I believe it's 11:30 30 in the after or in the morning for this Nuggets game um, so it's going to be an important one. I'm very excited to see how it plays out but we will just have to wait and see. Let's now move on to questions from listeners. As you guys know, it's my favorite segment of the show. Um, please keep sending in questions. It helps so much when you guys do, and I love being able to talk in about these different um, narratives that I may have missed otherwise. So, let's start with Grant Carey, who started an argument on Twitter based on the idea that Bull Bull um, would he be a, a guy who would be thrown in for Bradley Beal or Drew Holiday. So here's how Grant, who is a longtime supporter of the show phrased his question he said based on what we saw in the scrimmages is bold no longer a throw-in for a deal for someone like Bradley Beal or Drew Holiday?" So, this this is what I'll say about what he has been able to do in these scrimmages. First and foremost, they played zone the entire time, but the third game. And when you're bull bull and you have a 7-9 wingspan and you have the kind of mobility that he does and the timing that he does and the standing reach that he has, it's very easy to block. Not 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 very easy. That's the wrong fucking term, but it's easier to get lots and lots and lots of block shots in that position and to look like less of a defensive negative. When you look at the third game, or any pick and roll that Bull Bull has ever had to defend, the dude is lost, cannot turn his hips, does not know how to stay low. There's a lot of issues still, and on the offensive end, he has been much more inefficient than he has been efficient as an offensive player. So, The idea that Bol Bol has done anything to solidify any thought about what he can do at the NBA level is a farce. It's been fun. It's been great to see that he can produce at this level when everything fits right into what he wants to do, but the idea that he has proven himself or that he has supplanted himself like Michael Porter Jr. did this past season as a long-term piece of the Nuggets organization is just not true yet, in my opinion. So, if... If the if the line that needs to be crossed to get a guy like Bradley Beal or Drew Holiday is including bull in the deal, I'm pretty sure you do that without thinking. You include bull. And let's be and this is the other part of it. Bull bull broke the the, the navicular bone in his foot. That is one of the worst reoccurring injuries you can get as a big man. It's what Joel Embiid had that made so much concern about his injury history. There's just so much you have to be concerned about when a big man hurt, you know, specifically breaks that part of his foot. And that there's a lot. There's a reason he fell to forty-four. Let's be very, very clear about that. But again, that's where I'm at. I do not think that these scrimmage changed anything like that. I think that Bull would be involved in a deal for a guy like Bradley Beal or Drew Holiday. Moving on, Storm666 on Twitter asks, how much do you think the Nuggets will be motivated in these eight games? Do you think they care about their seeding with no home court? To go back to the first segment of the show, one, I think that the players do care about it because both Paul Millsap and P.J. Dozier spoke on that today. I think that they are coming in with a um, an assertiveness and an aggressiveness and a killer instinct, as P.J. Dozier put it. Um, when it comes to the seeding part of it, though, I I gave my thoughts on the best possible scenario for the Nuggets to have their best path to an NBA championship. Michael Malone's old school and does not lose games. Especially not willingly. So the, the idea that do the Nuggets really care about their seeding? I would just say as a general rule of thumb, they care a lot less than any regular season would be. Because there is no home court advantage. But... If you can find a way on the opposite side of the bracket from the Lakers and the Clippers and avoid both of them until the Western Conference Finals, that is a much better scenario, and that does include caring about the seeding. So we'll have to see how they approach these games and what their intent is. Um, That Jazz game, that's going to be the one where you know. If the Nuggets rest against the Jazz, then I think it's very clear that they are looking to avoid both the Lakers and the Clippers until the Western Conference Finals. Last question from Juan Pablo Parodi. I'm sorry if I said your name wrong, but I tried. Have you seen enough from Bowl to feel comfortable that he could play the four alongside Nicola full time? And this, by the way, was a question looking two, three years down the line. I'll say this. The base talent level is undeniably there. His end-to-end mobility, his handles, his jump shot, his weak side rotation to block shots, and the length. It's all there. I totally undeniably see that. But we just need to see how the hell Bobo looks defending a pick-and-roll, and how he looks playing with guards. Because, to be very honest with you, we have no fucking idea what he looks like yet. All of this was... It was... Almost comical. It wasn't true basketball. First of all, the games didn't mean anything. Second of all, you would never see those lineups ever again. Third, they were playing against shit teams who were not looking or ready for playoffs. And Bobo was playing in a role that specifically made him look good. So the idea that you can extrapolate out a lot of takeaways from these scrimmages for Bobo, I just don't think is true. Still, we'll have to wait and see, and the skills are undeniably there. That's all I got. Thank you guys so much for listening to the show and sticking around and listening to me rant alone about basketball. But it's going to get a lot more fun starting tomorrow. There will be another podcast coming out tomorrow to talk about the Nuggets and the Miami Heat game as well as articles and all kinds of other fun shit. So thank you guys all for listening. Go subscribe to this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Give it a five-star rating. Go leave a comment or a review. Please share it with your friends. Put it on social media. Tag me in it. Whatever the hell you want to do share it around it really 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 helps me but until next time please stay safe please wear your mask and we'll talk to you guys later Before I go any further, I need to take a minute to tell you about Terrapin Care Station. Throughout all of these chaotic times of the global pandemic and the civil unrest and the social injustices and the racial inequality that has existed in this world, so many people have tried to find some way to be able to get home and take a deep breath and unwind, and Terrapin Care Station has been so great at exactly that. They have been doing everything they can to be able to support the communities around them that are fighting for their rights and trying to stay safe from this global pandemic, and as essential workers, they have done a phenomenal job. Me, myself, I deal with a lot of anxiety and depression. Weed has been something that has always been able to kind of take the edge off from me before I go to bed and be able to kind of cut through that anxiety and give me a moment of um of peace and clarity. So if that sounds like you, if you're anything like me and you're looking for that, Terrapin Care Station is phenomenal. They have multiple locations across the Denver metro area. They got parking lots. They got discreet and very knowledgeable bud tenders who are able to get you what you're looking for. And overall, it is just a great place to be if you're looking for something to take the edge off in your life. So go to TerrapinCareStation.com. Go look them up on Weed Maps. Go check them out in person. All of those different places are great to help out and especially during these times they have been the longest standing supporter of this podcast so make sure you go show them some love and tell them that the Rocky Mountain Hoops uh, podcast sent you